or the place where sex life is indulged in. to a great extent, is called Gramaka. When going to Gramaka, Puranman used to be accompanied by his friend Durmada. The word Vitsaya refers to the four bodily necessities of life, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. The word Durmadena may be analyzed in this way. Dur means dusta, or sinful, and Mada means madness. Everyone, every living entity who is in contact with material nature is called Mada or Nand. It is said, Pichasi Paila Yena Mati Chana Haya Maya Grista Jigira Haya Sebala Udaya Prema Divarti. When a person is haunted, he becomes practically insane. When one is in an insane condition, he speaks all kinds of nonsense. Thus, to become engaged in sense gratification, one has to accept a friend who is Durmada or badly affected by a material disease. The word Asuri Nama Pasichatraha are significant in another sense. The sunrise is first visible from the eastern side, the Bay of Bengal, and gradually progresses towards the west. It is practically experienced that people in the west are more addicted to sense gratification. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is certified Paschimera Loka Sava Muda Anachar. Chaitanya Charitamrita 10.89. The more one goes to the western side, the more you'll find people disinterested in spiritual life you will find them behaving against the Vedic standards. Because of this, people living in the West are more addicted to sense gratification. In this Bhagavatam, it is confirmed, Asurinama Paschitva. In other words, the population on the Western side is interested in an Asuric civilization. That is a materialistic way of life, which Tanya consequently wanted this Krishna conscious movement to be placed on the Western side of the world. So the people addicted to sense gratification might be benedicted by his teachings. Oma Gyan Timuran Yasya Gyananasakya Shakshubhunitamya So, 
that comes out of the seeing how uh, the living entity in the body then is uh, is able to interact with the material energy all through these nine gates. Then it said that so Maharaj Puranja the king would go to the gates uh, to different gates in the last few days the ears were discussed and it was said that uh, the left ear is meant for hearing higher higher sound vibration the right ear for hearing lower sound vibration and we saw that uh, as the king went out to that gate that he was accompanied by his friend Sutadar. So Sutadar is basically means to contain what has been heard, to remember, in other words, what has been heard. So Sutadar is there. Um, so if we hear rubbish, then we'll remember rubbish. And if we hear uh, positive sound vibration, we'll remember positive sound vibration. We could also discuss politics uh, here this morning instead of Bhagavatam. We could just have a good time <coughs> discussing some politics. Uh, I could, uh, we could either focus on international politics and talk, talk about Trump, or we could discuss Indian politics and, and Modi and everything, or BJP, the real agenda of the BJP. The, the, the real agenda, which uh, it's not what you think it is. Uh, uh, really, uh, really, inside story. Uh, so, like this, or we could go Australian politics, and yeah, and in this way we could spend the rest of the day. Um, and uh, some might get very interested, but and we would remember it also. But what would it lead to? Nothing. Because that's just based on material ambition. And said material ambition is like you throw a stone in the water and it makes rings. And these rings spread wider and wider until they disappear. So material ambition is like that, like rings spreading until they disappear into nothing. Um, that's actually a metaphor from Shakespeare uh, who dealt with ambition. Uh, anyway, today we are discussing uh, a gate on the western side, uh, particularly uh, involved with uh, for sexual activity, that gate, gate. So that gate is known as Asuri. So it's already uh, a name that hints of of the problems that can arise with sexuality. Uh, that it can take us away from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, it is said when one goes to that gate, one is accompanied by Durmada. And Durmada, Srila Prabhupada explains it, Mada being mad, Dur, uh, Mada. Uh, it is also in, in, in the Sanskrit dictionary uh, further defined as drunken uh, being intoxicated 
So it also has an intoxicating side. Uh, uh, intoxication makes one forget somehow or other. This is like uh, forget, uh, forget where we are, forget what we're doing. It's like, so that's a problem with intoxication. Uh, that it it takes us away from from actual situation that we're in. And that's why you see all these when you're driving, you know, testing for drugs or testing for alcohol because drunken driving is dangerous because we are somewhere else. So not only is drunken driving dangerous, but when we get drunk, intoxicated by sense gratification, uh, then also we are in danger because we forget. Um, we are enjoying uh, embracing, uh, we are enjoying kissing so much that we forget everything. We forget just simply time. We forget actually what am I doing with my life? What's happening here? What? And it's like, oh, you know, this is now, this is the real thing. This is real life, not real life. This is it's a part of life. But not that now this is real life. That's an intoxicated state, a drunk state. Really, this is this is real life. This is this is it. No, it's part of life, but it's not all it is. Everything is there. Uh, happiness, distress, health, disease, old age, death. It's all there. Uh, it is all part of life. Uh, and we were enjoying so much, and now suddenly we have a funeral. Oh my God, how did this happen? Oh, what a disaster. No, that's part of the script. It's already there. And, uh, we, we're not surprised. How could this suddenly happen? It didn't happen suddenly. It, uh, it, was, it was expected all along because it was part of the basic arrangement. Therefore, in a sober state of mind, not in an intoxicated state of mind, in a sober state of mind, we are aware of all these aspects and that this is part of reality. And we are prepared. Huh? It is just like anything, if you are prepared, it really goes a lot easier. Huh? It's like if you have to cook the Sunday feast, it's good to have a menu before, and it's good to do the shopping before. Not that you make the menu while you're cooking and then send people to quickly buy things that are not available. That is chaos. Is there? Anyway, that's chaos. Topic in 
the eyes of many, but it is not hidden, it is discussed. Especially in the Western world, it's a taboo topic. We don't talk about that <laughs> until it happens. I mean, we try to act as if it doesn't exist. But this is, this looks a really smart approach. Why talk about misery? Hey, let's talk about fun and nothing unpleasant. Yes? But then when the unpleasant comes, then it hits you hard. Um, whereas if you have thought about it before, well, then you can deal with it better, logically. Yes. Therefore, in transcendental knowledge, we are aware of this. Um, so, therefore, everything has a place. Um, everything has a place. Um, it is natural that when we get of a certain age that boys are attracted to girls and girls attracted to boys. That is nature. That is, that's not, uh, not something that we deny. Not something that is, is not that is taboo. Uh, no, it is something, it is part of society. But how are we going to deal with this? With this attraction? If there is just, uh, if we're just uh, acting in, in relationships without any, um, without anything else, then what is the result of such they're not beneficial. Therefore, uh, in, in practically all civilizations of the world, right, the institution of marriage is found. Uh, and marriage, then, is, is a life of commitment. It is a long-term thing. It is about, uh, not only about short-term enjoyment, but it is also uh, dealing with the result, uh, children, bringing up children, uh, and in this way, um, building a whole life. That's another thing. So, and there we can, uh, their sexuality can have its place, but at the same time, it cannot be the first priority in life. Uh, there are more important things. Than, uh, than sex. In the modern, in, in the modern Western world, uh, if you say that, not everyone would agree with that. Yeah, a lot of people say, well, you know, I think it's the best thing there is in the world. It's the best. It's the best there is. And in India also, uh, there are people who are acting in that way. Plenty. Because now also, transcendental knowledge gets lost and the Asuri Bhav and the demoniac consciousness is also uh, is also now coming to the forefront. Ishwara Aham Ahambogi I am the controller. I am the enjoyer. And that is the purpose of life. Enjoy as much as you can. And we are tired of that dry philosophy. Uh, uh, we also want to enjoy now, like everyone else in America. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, so that is, so India has come to that also very much, and that's why practically every every Indian has some relatives in America. And I tell you, if you don't have relatives in America, you are not Indian. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the situation. Yes. You have to, uh, and you have to visit them also.
So like this, the whole world is, is divided up and we think everything has sort of historically gradually developed. That is rubbish. And you learn such rubbish in school. See, not everything you learn in school is true. It's a shock. Not everything you learn on the internet is true. Not everything you Google is true. No. No, really. I mean, sometimes Google is wrong. Yeah. So these things are, are difficult to digest. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. So, sometimes Google is wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's terrible. So, just that you, that you know. Anyhow, we are, the fact is, is that actually the different cultures in the different countries of the world are coming about inspired by Krishna. That they are simply already there as facilities for different souls with a different kind of mentality. So India is supposed to be Punyabhumi. Of course, now it is Kali Yuga Punyabhumi. <laughs> so it's still Punya. It's still like the Punya is still there, but everything is Ulta, right? upside down. Right? It's like when Mickey Mouse came for the first time to India, he was received in Delhi on the airport. Mickey came by plane, big Mickey costume, and Mickey was in India. And how was he received? With puja. <laughs> they offered parity. Yeah. In Bengal, we see processions with, you know, with look just like deity processions. And people, little girls walk in front and they carry a plate and they have like a little flame on the plate, right? There's a whole row of them. Right? And walking like this, and behind there is a, it's a chariot, and it's nicely decorated with flower cards, and on there is a picture of Karl Marx. <laughs> because it's Bengal, communist state. Huh? So, like this, it's interesting how, how, how it is in Punyabhumi, even but Kaliuga Punyabhumi. Uh, it is all. Kichiri is all getting mixed up. That's the situation, and no one knows what they do. Sri uh, Prabhupada gives the example of, of the marriage party, and there's a mother, and she's making arrangements for the marriage of her daughter, and everything, she's checking, everything is there, and everything is fine. Then, just last minute, last minute, minutes before, it's all supposed to start, suddenly there's a black cat in the middle of the Yakishama. Black cat, I mean, that's not auspicious. Black cat. So, what to do? Anyway, it was too late. So, she just, there was an empty flower basket. She just took the flower basket, put it on top of the black cat. And fortunately, during the whole marriage, whole marriage that cat was quiet. It didn't meow. Imagine it would meow. Like that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, everyone would have been shocked. Yeah. No, there was nothing. So it, everything went well. 
30 years later now, the daughter herself was, uh, you know, arranging a marriage for her daughter. So, checklist, you know, we got this, we got this, the other thing, you know, like everything is there. And then, mm-hmm, oh my God, oh my God. What's wrong, what's wrong? We forgot, we forgot one thing. What is it? We need a black cat. No, we need a black cat. Since then, in every Indian marriage, there is a black cat. Uh, and India is full of black cats. And everyone's doing it. Oh, no, this is how, this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> like that. But nobody knows why. And then the children ask, why? That you know. That's offensive. Ah, 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 In this way, Kali is effectively uh, influencing, uh, influencing Kali uh, influencing Punyabhumi. And Sri uh, said, when the British came to India, and they started industrialization, and they started the railway lines. And it said the first thing that happened <coughs> is that all the intellectual class, they worked for the British. And they became well-paid in the British system. No. It said, and the village, villages emptied out, and all the quality people, the higher caste people, they all moved out, and they all started working for the British. And the more low class, lower caste people remained in the villages, and the standard of life went down, like that. So, showing the degradation of how it happened. But India is meant to be a place for pious souls. Therefore, dry grass, easy, easy to catch fire. You just a little bit, uh, a little bit about Krishna and the people. Yes, yes, yes. The West it takes a little longer. Krishna, uh, what? What's that? Uh, soul? Yeah. Who's gonna? Who's gonna? Is that a kind of music? Or what? Uh, it's all like far away spiritual. Not so in the So that is there, um, but the Sankirtan movement changes everything. The Sankirtan movement is so potent that it doesn't matter where anyone comes from. Immediately he is lifted up to the topmost platform. He's going beyond ritual, uh, whereas mostly in spiritual culture, People are steeped in ritual. The Sankirtan movement takes us beyond ritual. Suddenly, uh, spirituality with taste and with knowledge. Those are two things that in India are not always there. Very dry, dry, very dry. 
but we have to sit there because it is a religious ritual. So your mother wants you to do it. <laughs> so you sit there and listen to this, this lecture. It's just like no juice. But this Vaishnava, uh, this Vaishnava teachings from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, full of Jews, uh, because if you hear the Upanishads, that's a little dry. Uh, everything in this world, actually, all this transgratification is in the illusion. The illusory energy is making us believe that actually sense enjoyment is the purpose of life. But if you really are observing the matter through start to transcend temporal knowledge, then <laughs> it's hard to stay awake. But Krishna, Krishna is interesting. Krishna he steals. He does. Oh, yes. And they do everything to stop him. Huh? Oh, there are pots with butter and yogurt hanging off the ceiling so that they can't get to it. But they're smart, these boys. They make a human tower. And Krishna said, but this time we got him because we hung bells on the pots. And Krishna is standing on top of the human tower and says, Oh, bells, please don't ring. Bells agree. Krishna takes the point that bells cooperate. They don't ring. Uh, then Krishna breaks the pot and distributes it to his friends. And as they start eating, the bells start ringing like anything. <laughs> and Krishna is saying, Bells, what are you doing? This is like, well, you know, you're eating. We're supposed to ring when you're eating. <laughs> In this way, uh, yes, when Krishna eats, bells are ringing. What to do? So there's some juice there. There's some fun there. There's some, it's not so dry like Upanishads. Uh, in this way, the Sangita movement is, is based on taste. Taste supported by transcendental knowledge, but not just dry knowledge. Um, oh, and kirtan, full of ras, full of ras, yes. Uh, so in this way, um, there's all kinds of taste, yes. Um, before I was involved in Krishna consciousness. I was searching a little bit for something spiritual. So one day, I went to a Buddhist monastery. Okay, and uh, it was a place, it was a tower, big tower with, with water around it, and a bridge. And they let you in at night, and at 7 o'clock at night, they come in, at 8 o'clock they pulled up the bridge and they wouldn't let it down to 10 o'clock the next day. You were in. Anyway, I thought, I can swim. <laughs> so I'll take the risk. So I went. Then I stayed the night. I had to get up at 4 o'clock. It was okay. Then we had to sit down and chant some, some mantras. And then do some pranayam. You know, breathe in. Breathe out. <laughs> 
okay, I could do that. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. But then, after the whole session, it was time for breakfast. And at breakfast, they served a piece of bread this big with some salty soy paste, something like, what do you call this Australian stuff? Vegemite, right? Something like Vegemite, you know. And, you know, you've got to be born into it to appreciate it. So, we served that for breakfast. So I was looking at the breakfast. First of all, when I looked at the size of the bread, I knew this is not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, this is not going to work. I'm going to be hungry. Right? So, and then I looked at it. And then I looked at what was on top, and I go, that doesn't, that's not going to do it either. You know, that's not. So, I wasn't convinced by the breakfast. And then I started to philosophically think about the breakfast. I was thinking, why? Why do they have to serve a breakfast like this? Why this process of self-denial? Why does spirituality have to be a process of self-denial? Why does it have to be unnatural? I said, no. I think that's not the path. I think the path has to be that one's nature is engaged. And so, I was the first one waiting for the bridge. Quarter to ten, I was standing at the bridge. You know. I couldn't wait for that bridge to go down. I said, I want to get out of here and eat something. <laughs> and have a real breakfast, and I did. As soon as I was out there, got something more to eat. My God. Um, now, Krishna consciousness is not unnatural. We do recognize that there is a pure nature and an impure nature. We do recognize that part of our nature is, has become intoxicated by the material energy. And therefore, that we have to uh, overcome some habits that have formed. Intoxication means you get a habit. We know. Um, drugs, it becomes a habit. And then you have a problem. Drug problem. Alcohol, habit. Bottles hidden everywhere. No one watches. Chewing peppermint so they won't smell, but we can see it. Here's Dr. G again. You have to be quiet. Yes. It says smoking also, so maybe you can go with the whole list if you want to. Why, right, is there anyone smoking here? Huh? What, what's that? Flower, instead of smoking, yes. And now the new thing is this vaping stuff, right? No more smoke, vaping. And now they find out that this vaping causes a type of lung cancer which is so aggressive they can't treat it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, it was the new thing, you know, not so, so bad. Some of the old people start vaping everywhere. And now that is, is a problem. Mm. More vicious than what was there before. So anyway, this is all due to intoxication. Bad habits. 
So we have to break them when we come to Krishna consciousness. So that's maybe a little bit unnatural, but then it, it becomes... Uh, but not that we have to stop using our senses. We have a tongue. And kids like to show their tongue. <laughs> it's a well-known thing. Uh, yes. But the tongue is not only for showing. You know, we want something on the tongue as well. <laughs> something tasty. Not a dry piece of bread with Vegemite. <laughs> Sorry. Unless, you know, I guess when Aussie looks at Vegemite, okay. Is it vegetarian? Yes, Vegemite is vegetarian. Vegemite is vegetarian. Good on you. I never tried it. I really like it. And, and, and the, way, like, the way it looks doesn't look good. It doesn't look nice. It doesn't look like something I would want to eat. Anyway, it also has to look nice. Yeah, it doesn't just. Uh, you have that, uh, that fruit, what's it called? To do, uh, do something? Yeah, do it. But you have to get past your nose, right? <laughs> And they say it tastes really, really good, but it stinks like hell. Because <laughs> they have to get it past your nose. And then it this is all in the mode of ignorance, right? This is like obviously undesirable, but it's sort of exciting, you know? It stinks so much, but at that taste, it's like, you have to taste it. Stinky food. I never tasted it, forget it. It's the mode of ignorance. So we have to overcome lower modes, that's clear. But then it's full of taste, full of experience, positive experience. That is Krishna consciousness. Therefore, it is the ripened fruit of Vedic knowledge, um, this bhakti. Therefore, it is the topmost. Um, the other day we were discussing Astanga Yoga. And in Astanga Yoga, we are uh, performing various uh, disciplines, uh, including uh, asana, pranayama, jhana, and so on. And we are performing these uh, with the purpose of controlling the mind and senses. So, what? Once that's done, what do you do next? What do you do next? Then you use the senses, the mind and senses, in the best possible way. That's where bhakti comes in. Because then you do things with devotion. When you do something with devotion, that's the, then you give it your very best. So we can see that bhakti is naturally the crown of yoga. That it is naturally what you do after you've completed your asanga yoga then you naturally come to bhakti. You naturally start doing things with devotion. You do the best you can. And then, devotion for who? Huh? It's like in Sydney, near the temple, there's this park, and there's this memorial. And on the memorial it says, the greatest thing a man can do is give his life for his country. And I go like, well... And then, I mean... If the war starts, I probably 
go somewhere else and come back when it's over. <laughs> you know, sorry, you know. That's probably what I will do. If I can, you know, if I can, I'll get out. I'm not going to join the army, join the navy, join the sea. Forget it. <laughs> not me. I'm getting out of there quick before it all, before hell breaks loose. Um, so, because that doesn't look like the greatest thing to me, to sacrifice my life for my country. Um, to me, the greatest thing looks to give my life to Krishna. So that's it. So devotion to what? That's the next question. Um, devotion to Krishna. And that is what? Bhakti is not devotion, it's devotion to Krishna, devotional service to Krishna, that is Bhakti. And, but that is the natural, uh, a natural evolution when you go through yoga is that you come to Bhakti. It makes sense. So that is why we've come here, through a natural evolution. So in this way, this place being part of the Sangrita movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and uh, being dedicated to bhakti is therefore better than punya bhumi. It is better than punya bhumi. Uh, because this is transcendental bhumi. This is adhyatmic bhumi. Uh, this is Vrindavan. This is Vrindavan. As simple as that. Vrindavan um, is here. Wherever the deities are, there's Vrindavan. Um, wherever um, the Lord is being worshipped, um, um, I'm not residing in Vaikuntha, the Lord said. I'm residing there. Where my devotees are chanting my glories. That's what I reside. That's here. That's here. So it's here. Vrindavan. Did you know that? This is part of Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If we have the eyes to see, if we have the eyes to see, then we can see that this Vrindavan and that Vrindavan is non-different. But who can see? Just like Lord Brahma, he heard Bhagavatam in Chattu Sloki, in four slokas. But when we hear these these Chattu Sloki, we don't get the same realization as Brahma. We need to read 18,000 
to get it. That's the situation. So, yes, there is no difference between the Vrindavan here, the Vrindavan there. But when we go there, there is more manifest, more visible to us. Uh, there, there are many, many devotees, and these devotees are all maintaining different places where Krishna performed his pastimes. Uh, we can see devotees have built many temples, many gods, many kunjas, many, kunjas, many kundas, so many places are there. And the devotees are all maintaining these places for other devotees. In this way, they're serving other devotees who can go there and more easily remember Krishna. Then, of course, when the, uh, when the final dissolution comes, then Melbourne will be no more, and this temple will also be no more. And, but Vrindavan will still be there. Then this Vrindavan and that Vrindavan will just be the same, and will merge. So Holy Dhamma is always is eternal. Therefore, going to the Holy Dhamma is not an ordinary thing. It is, it is a neglected thing. I am here, particularly coming as an ambassador of the Holy Dham, because I joined Krishna consciousness in Vrindavan. <laughs> and that means something. So I'm a Vrindavan devotee. You know, you have like Sankatan devotee, a book distribution, book distribution. I'm also a Sankatan devotee. Uh, I still sell sets of Bhagavatam today. <laughs> Um, for in case last night we had a program, I offered sets of Bhagavatam. I said I will sign the set of Bhagavatam and I will bless your baby as well. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you can still get a set of Bhagavatam from me today. And I also have a book about Vindar, which I'll sell after the class outside. But the point is, we need the maximum mercy. Vrindavan is one of the five principal limbs of bhakti. There are 64 limbs of bhakti. These 64 limbs help us to cultivate love of God. Five of them are the most important, including Maturavas, residing in the Dham. Then Mahatma has a whole uh, alphabet that we went through the other day. Remember A, B, C, D, and E, we solved it also. She solved it very expertly. And, and you too. What? And you too. Yeah, what was A, what was a, a B, C, D, quickly? A. A is the association. B is Bhagavatam. Yeah. And C. C is chanting. Chanting. Holy name. D. D is deity worship. Deity worship. And E is entry. 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 <laughs> So, these are the five principal limbs of bhakti. So, Vrindavan should be there, Mahapur is saying. Very much part of our life. Prabhupada organized a festival there, and he said the devotees should go there once a year and attend the festival. Prabhupada said they should come once a year because they, in the Western world, one picks up some contamination and then they become purified in Vrindavan and again revitalized in their spiritual life. So it's a place for spiritual nourishment and rejuvenation. You must go to it. 
That's one of them. When any of these five principal limbs of bhakti are a little bit performed, one very quickly develops love of God. If, if I'm here today for sitting like this as a sannyasi, it's especially from what I got from the dance. Somehow or other. You know, everyone has a story to tell. Well, my story is, it's through the dhamma that I became like this. If you would have seen me before the dhamma, I don't talk about that. Following question then, how much do those five elements, how much? How significant are those five primary practices to our preaching in the West? Very essential. Very important. These five principal limbs are very important. We see that Srila Prabhupada built the morning program around these five, basically. Why did he always chant? That song completely invokes the presence of Vrindavan. Every day, Bhagavatam, Kirtan is there, Jaka, plenty of chanting, gorgeous deity worship. Where do you see such deity worship as in, in these temples? Huh? They tell you in some temple, you know, in our temple, every ekadasi we are changing the dress of the deity and we are going, oh, only on ekadasi? So, where do we see such a standard? Where do you see this? Some temples, you know, the door opens. Old Pujari and Akamsha goes in quickly. Finish. Pujahogya. So, these five are important. Are you satisfied? You're looking at me, yeah? Both. She's looking. I think at least, I mean, from what I'm getting it, is that we are trying to create the Vrindavan atmosphere here. Um, so we, it is definitely Vrindavan in that sense. Yes. But the Holy Dham is the Holy Dham because of the amount of deity worship that's being done. And no, 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 Krishna no. Being Not because of the amount of deity worship that's being done, because it's, 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 it's the, is the, the, the it is the eternal spiritual Dham that is eternally manifest. That's why. There's no difference between Golok Vrindavan and Boma Vrindavan, it is eternal manifest. So that, that doesn't answer the question why we keep calling such places also Vrindavan. Because the deity, when the deity comes, the deity brings Vrindavan with it. See, when we travel, we also bring some luggage, we bring a suitcase. No? 20 kilos. We buy some extra kilos. So, when Krishna leaves Goloka, he also wants to take something. But because he's Krishna, he takes everything. So, wherever Krishna appears, the spiritual world also appears with him. Alright, think about that. Now, the other question, these five limbs are, are essential in, in, in how we present our Krishna consciousness. It's, those are the main nourishing things. And other things are also supporting. Uh, if you look at the 64 limbs of bhakti, 
I mean, I'm sorry I cannot memorize 64 things and rattle them off like that. My memory is not that powerful. But I can give some. Uh, there are many that are relating to the deity uh, that one, uh, one should offer seasonal fruits to the deity. Okay? One, should, uh, one should not chastise someone in front of the deity. One should not be angry in front of the deity. Uh, one should not cry about some material misery in front of the deity. Uh, so these are some things. So uh, if there's a possession of the deity, one must follow that possession. So there are many injunctions amongst the 64 limbs which are given. But the fa- even if we don't follow all these others, but the five are like the most important. And they are so we should definitely present these five limbs in, um, to the public when we present Krishna consciousness. And then the more finer details also, but that follows. That follows. So the five are in the front. They're the priority. And the other limbs, they follow. We were talking about the five limbs the other day, and uh, I also belong to Vidvasi, so that's why I'm a Western. I want, so you are Vidvasi, and I was born in Vidvasi, so I want to follow your instructions exactly. Now, we talk of five things, F, F means Prasadana, everybody knows <laughs> now. He's just the whole alphabet. <laughs> uh, the alphabet is too long, man. You have to get to the point. I won't, I won't talk about F. <laughs> Don't do the whole alphabet. It's <laughs> a separate lecture. While you were doing lecture, I was thinking of the words. Yeah, I'm on the presentation. So do you want to come to the yeah, he says, as you surrender unto me, I reward you accordingly. So that's clear. And then we see that the gopis, they acted so extraordinary that Krishna says, there's nothing in my possession that I can offer. So... And we are following in the footsteps of the gopis. So we go beyond We try to offer everything to Krishna. Everything. And then you are in Vrindavan. And only then. Because actually one cannot really be born in Vrindavan. One can only attain Vrindavan to pure devotional service. Okay, so if anyone wants to meet me outside to get some Bhagavatam or some books, I'll be there. Um, I have books about Vrindavan actually. So it will be a pleasure. Thank you very much. Shima Bhagavatam.